Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is brought to you by Life and Legacy Advisory Group, where we believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help businesses like yours get the most out of your biggest investment, your people. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Hey, Al. Always a pleasure, Robin. Always a pleasure to be hosting another show with you. And today is no different. I'm really excited, Al, about today's guest because, as you know, he was actually referred to us by our other business partner, Joe Ferreira. And I remember specifically the day Joe came into the office and he talked about meeting this guy, Jeff, and he said, You have to talk to this guy. So I thought, Okay, well, let's see. And, and actually, Jeff and I had floated around in the same circles for a lot of years, but we only met recently because of Joe. But we had such an impactful conversation. I know we had to chat further, so I wanted to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm excited to, about this podcast, too, because as soon as Jeff logged on and came into the meeting, I knew that we were in for a treat just because, and it's too bad that people that are listening can't see the video part of this, but Jeff's got this awesome studio set up right where he's recording from. It makes us look like amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're Jeff, you're you're rivaling the Rogan studio. So I'm gonna have to take some tips from you after this. I wish I had the Rogan money to follow that studio. <laughs> well, you're you're uh, you're working on it anyway. You're working on it. So Jeff, I mentioned in the intro that we've been you know in the same circles for many years uh, because, as most of my listeners would know, I've, I've trained in martial arts for a long time. Uh, you know, mostly Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, although I've dabbled in other things as, as you have, Jeff. But I would see your brand Kimura Wear everywhere I went, including, you know, watching fights around the world. And I, and I see them wearing your walkout shirts. And I do want to get into all of what you're doing and all your companies in, in this episode. But I've always just really personally wanted to ask you why you chose Kimura as the name for the brand name. The biggest issue I found when I started the brand is MMA was on the peak. It was just going up the mountain. UFC was taking off. It was getting popular. A lot of people were seeing it as a very aggressive sport. And as a business owner, I always look at the long-term of every company I try to do, every brand I try to do. So when I saw that, I saw there could have been some negativity towards it being aggressive. Are people going to take to the sport being so violent? And obviously the sport has changed quite a bit. When it first started off, it was quite violent at the beginning. And through the progression, I saw other brands trying to take their share in the market and they all had aggressive names. It was tap out. It was punishing this. It was all aggressive names. So I thought of, if I'm going to build a brand, I don't want to build a brand for one year, two years, and all of a sudden the UFC loses popularity, then I've spent all this time building this brand. So I thought of the long term of the brand. So I wanted to pick a name I could use towards other avenues. If I had to restructure the brand, if I wanted to go towards a fitness avenue, if I wanted to go towards a clothesline. So I thought of a name that could be associated with MMA, which Kamor is, as you know, was a move in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But I also did my research and I found that with martial arts, 
in Japan, the most popular last name is actually Komora. And I thought for also for trademark reasons, the name actually means big tree in little town. So I put all these factors together and thinking of the longevity of the company and a name that could bring a conversation, why you have that name, as we're doing right now. And second, a name that could translate into other avenues or other fields later on. And that's why the whole name came across. That's really interesting. And I certainly didn't expect to get a history lesson today because I didn't know about the big tree, little tree, because every time I think about Kimura and I've been taught by, I would say some of the world's best, in fact, but the hands down best version of it I've ever seen. I went out to Torrance, California to visit with Hannah Gracie and his version of, and I won't get into specifics because I could nerd out on jujitsu technique, but his version of the Kimura is just so slick. And I, I remember teaching it here and no one had seen that version yet. And everyone in the class were looking at like, wow, this is fantastic. So shout out to Henner Gracie. Legend. If he listens to this episode, you've got credit for part of that anyway. So, so Jeff, I want to get into it. I was on your LinkedIn the other day. You describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur. What does that mean? Serial entrepreneur means it's, you're never satisfied with one brand. You're constantly finding opportunities where other people might not look for it. I'm constantly looking for an opportunity. When you think of an entrepreneur back in our parents' ages and all that, they were a butcher shop, they were a variety store, they were a men's clothes store. That was their career. They're essentially working nine to five in their business, even though they're entrepreneurs, but that would be there till they retire. Nowadays, a lot of the younger entrepreneurs, they're always looking where there's a digital space. You're always looking at different opportunities and you always want to keep your portfolio as open as possible because pandemic, things happen. So you want to be able to restructure quickly, but at the same time too, have other avenues of income. When one is not financially doing as well, you still have other avenues of income. So being a serial entrepreneur is being able to have a portfolio of different businesses, different corporations that you're constantly building, constantly altering and changing. So you're moving with what the market is offering, what the market is showing, right? So it's interesting that you say that because in talking with other business owners, they've said very much the same thing, right? That, that they always need to be ready to pivot to you know, something else, right? And, and that is very different. And you described it very well. It's very different from 20, 30 years ago. You had a plan, you had a business and you, that was the business, right? And if it didn't work, probably it failed, right? And that was the end of it. Whereas now you've got to be able to switch very quickly to something else. And you might still have the plan, but again, you've got to be able to pivot to something a little bit different. I think that is the biggest difference from a, I hate using this, but a real entrepreneur to not a real entrepreneur is being able to forecast all my companies. I always try to forecast six months, 12 months, 24 months ahead. And I try to see the market and just like even come where the brand started off as a t-shirt brand doing walkout shirts. And I quickly realized I couldn't compete with these other bigger brands throwing all this money at these athletes and I pivoted to equipment when all of a sudden everybody started jumping on the equipment I pivoted to a lot more custom equipment for gyms and outfitting gyms so you're constantly pivoting and changing and you can't get stuck on one moment or I always say don't fall in love with your idea right the minute you fall in love with the business or fall in love with the idea you're done yeah. So you, I'm, I'm never in love with an idea. I'm always one move away from an exit strategy or one move away from altering the business. And it's all about the longevity of the business. Yeah. And I'm always looking at, okay, where am I in six months from now? Where am I in one year from now? Where do I want to be in one year from now? How am I going to get there? And that's why I'm always, I'm a very goal oriented person. What I mean is I always set three months, six months, one year goals. And I'm talking about everything. It could be physically, it could be family, it could be spiritually, it could be business. 
And then from there, I, I always focus on the domino effect. So I focus on if I'm doing a three-month goal, a six-month goal, one-year goal, I'm going to first focus on the three-month goal and say, okay, for me to get from A to B from those three months, now I got to set my daily goals. And it's that domino effect. You start building them. Okay, day one, I'm going to do A, B, and C. Day two, I'm going to do, and you start building momentum. And then it's that domino effect. And all of a sudden, you built that momentum. You're on three months. You're on six months. And you're really ahead of the goal. And a lot of times, that momentum will actually make you speed up the process. So I'm very goal oriented, but I also set goals and I set long-term and short-term goals to get to wherever I want. So I'm constantly, constantly pivoting and changing everything I do business-wise. Well, that's great. That's a great lead into my next question because that's a lot of the what and the, and the how that you go about doing some stuff. What about the why? In our business right now, we've been talking a lot lately about, you know, why do we do what we do? What, what drives us? So what would your answer be to that? Why did you get into the business? What makes you get up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? There's different reasons. I think with any business, you have to have a passion for it, right? So the first thing is finding a passion. So if you have a passion for something, you're going to be able to put more effort, more love into it, right? So first, find your passion. Once you find your passion, turn it into a business. By the end of the goal, you have to have a purpose. And that purpose, a lot of people are like so focused on one purpose. I'm a strong believer you could have as many purposes as you want. You could have a purpose with your son. You could have a purpose with your daughter. You could have a purpose for business. So I set different purposes. And purposes change they're always constantly changing, right? So when it comes to my why for Kamor, where originally I had a passion for martial arts and I saw there was an opportunity where the industry was going and I found a purpose that I could do something. I had a passion for it and I could find a purpose to building equipment that no one else could do at an affordable price because our price points are really competitive. Another part of my business is vacation rentals. And as Robin knows, we spoke to you earlier, it hit a moment in my life when I had an altering situation. I don't know if you want me to get into it, Robin, or not. That's up to you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with I'm cool talking about it. If you guys are if you guys are open and listening to it. It's a very so, impactful story. So I'd yeah, love to hear so it. So 12 years ago, a little over 12 years ago, we had a a very impactful moment in our lives. Our son was born. He was it was emergency C section. He was brought into this world. The first long story sh- into a shorter version. He spent the first four months of his life at Sick Kids Hospital. We almost lost him three, four times. Um, wow. He's a he's a miracle child, and we were put in a, in a room six different occasions where the doctors asked us to pull the plug on him. They didn't think he would make it. They wanted to pull a plug, and I kept fighting on it. And I kept fighting on it. And I said, so I told Robin, I took control of that whole situation at the hospital where nothing would have happened without my approval. Like I literally shut down my life and that was my purpose for the next four months. That was my purpose to get my son out of the hospital. That was all I had as a purpose. And when that finally was able to get him out of the hospital, we forced ourselves to force the doctors to get him out of the hospital. He was four and a half pounds at four months old. Doctor said he had to be five pounds before he released. And I told the doctor, it was on a Thursday. And I told the doctor, I want to take him home this weekend we're ready as parents to deal with our own issues here and, and start working on our child ourselves. And they said it was, he had to return five pounds. He had to reach five pounds. So I forced the doctors to give my wife a room on the, uh, it was on the fourth floor. We're on, on the sixth floor, six sick kid hospital. And I said, let us take care of our own son for three days, prove that without doctors, we could take care of him. And at that point, if I, we could show that you could let him go. That happened on Thursday by Saturday. They said, you know what, here, in order to release him, this is, we had discussion of this, this prior, but in order to release him, they had to um, do a closure paper and they had to give a kind of a diagnosis, even though he's followed up by sick kids till he's 18, he needed a diagnosis. So at that point, the diagnosis was CP, cerebral palsy. 
and I had done research and I was aware uh, once you're diagnosed with cerebral palsy, there's a lot of obstacles that would be changing for his future. Right. And that was just, it was just one of those moments that I can't even explain it, but it's just it, at that moment, I looked at the doctors and I took those papers and I threw them back at the doctor and I said, you're not going to predict my son's future. We're going to do it on our own. And I left that day. So he's physically diagnosed, but it is not actually structurally on paper. Right. And I now came home with this four and a half pound baby. And I had to figure out that my time spent with him to get him to where he has to get to was valuable. And that is when I really started focusing on passive income. And that's where I was like, I got to be able to, if I can't be on forced on Kimura, because I didn't know the future of the brand or future of the other companies I was doing at that time, I needed to figure out passive income. And I thought the quickest way to passive income is vacation rentals. And that's when I started building a portfolio of vacation rentals. And that's pretty much how the whole story came about, right? And my journey with my son, which I'll just get into quickly, was the doctor said he would be in a wheelchair and we, I had to get him out of the wheelchair. And that was my thing for the first year and a half, two years of his life. I used to be on my hands and knees every day, walking, walking. And it was actually my mom's crazy story. My mom actually found at a used apparel store, something like that, old cowboy boots. And they were stiff. And she gave them to us, why don't you try this? And I actually put them on his feet. And I had these big cowboy boots on my son. And because they were heavy, he would force himself to lift his legs. And that's how he actually learned how to walk. Wow. And then from there, wow. he was, the doctor said, you know what? This is amazing. This is like a miracle. Let's put them on AFOs, which is braces. So those cowboy boots almost were the pivot towards braces. They said he would be on braces till he was 18. This past September, we got him out of braces. And right now, he's running a 5K at around 40 minutes right now. And he's fully running. He's a fitness fanatic. And if you go to our Instagram story, I post pictures of him and videos of him 24-7 because he's my joy of my life, right? And yeah. And he's my inspiration. And I look at him and it's funny because you guys are not aware is I just broke my foot this past Monday. I actually fractured my foot. So oh, I'm no. in a boot cast <laughs> oh, no. and I came to work the next morning because I had a podcast and my wife's like, you're crazy. You want to work? I'm like, our son never complains about nothing. Right. That gives me inspiration not to complain. He's taken blood work how many thousand times. So when I, I used to hate doing blood work, when I, every time I get to do blood work now, I'm like, T doesn't complain. I'm not going to complain. So he's my inspiration. And he doesn't realize it, right? And he's got this amazing story to tell. So one of my purposes with him is is eventually when he's 18, 19, I want to be on stage with him telling his story. That's one of my life purposes right now. So going back to it, that was how a lot of my businesses changed where a big chunk of my business now is vacation rentals. We have four properties up in Blue Mountain. We're building a cabin resort up in Muskoka now. And a lot of that has to do with the passive income and be able to I call it the three to seven effect, where it's every day from three to seven o'clock from the day he came home, I've been home and I'm home every day, 2.30, I check out. I don't care where it is. My calendar's clear from three to seven and I have dinner with my kids every night. That's our family time. That's when we talk. That's when we, we get along. That's sports time. That's my daughter's recital time, dance time, whatever it is, three to seven is family time. And I figure out in order to do that three to seven family time, which is something I'm very passionate about teaching other people is I force myself to wake up earlier. So those three hours have now become three hours in the morning. So I'm up at 4.30 every morning. And that's how I I logically balance my schedule because I do work crazy hours, but I'm up from 4.30 and I figure out from 4.30 to nine o'clock, I get more work done than most people from nine to five. And that's how my work balance works on. I know I've kind of scattered everywhere, so I apologize guys, but. (laughs) No, that's a great story. That is, how old is your son right now? He's 12 years old now. Wow. 12 years old, yeah, He's, he's incredible. Sweetest kid in the world. This kid will not go to bed or wake up in the morning without the first thing he has to do or the last thing every night has to come over and give me a hug and a kiss and tell daddy he loves him. 
right? Uh, like heart of gold and is my inspiration, right? I get goosebumps every time I think of him, right? So he has become one of my massive purposes, right? I, I want to see where he can go. If you guys should go on the Instagram feed, you'll see he's 12 years old. He's jacked. He's also part of his brain was damaged when he was born. That was the reason for the CP diagnosis. And his brain had to reroute itself and he's, right. and he's forced himself to learn how to do everything with his left hand. And he's a 12 year old, 95 pounds. He's throwing a ball at 54 miles an hour as a pitcher, which wow. is pretty crazy at his age. So it's this incredible story that um, I've been documenting. I video record everything he does. And it's like, I want to be able to tell his story, which is pretty amazing. I think. You mentioned his Instagram and, and since we've met, I've been following you on your Instagram and, and I guess like a lot of people, I mean, I'm busy. I mean, my days on Instagram or being able to get Instagram is maybe once in the morning and once at night, but I do enjoy, I love scrolling through, seeing what people I know are doing. I follow a lot of business leaders like yourself because I love that. I just love that stuff. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this series on the podcast. But one of the things that makes me smile and it was it was one of you and your son and you were doing either burpees or push-ups or something in a workout. Out. And it just made me smile because I know the story because uh, you did share that with me the first yeah. time we chatted. And I think it's such an inspirational story. And I think having that purpose and your why, and, and I shared with Alan, I don't know if I shared with you when I, we chatted, one of the reasons why, you know, my dad passed away about eight weeks ago at the age of 86. And, and while, of course, that's sad, you know, dad had lived a, a long, great life. And part of the reason I do what I do is my dad came to the country with absolutely nothing, emigrated from Scotland with my mom, spent 40 years in the business. I didn't arrive. I tell my family I'm the only true Canadian because my brother and sister were both born in England. I was the only one born here. But dad, you know, worked his tail off. I found out after he passed away, because I was young at the time, my brother told me dad's journey was was really a hard journey. And we never, never heard of him complain about anything. We lost the house at one point, which I had no idea. I thought we were just moving. Everything ended up okay. But then what happened when, when he passed away, he knew so many people in the industry. So I said, you know, I just did an announcement on LinkedIn. And the amount of love and support that came back and messages about my dad. And one in particular, someone reached out and said, your dad always made us feel a certain way. And we were always so happy to meet with him. And I thought, yes, that is why I do what I do. Because number one, I have big shoes to fill with my dad carrying on his legacy. But that's exactly what I want. I want people to, after they meet with me, feel that same way that they felt with my dad. So so important to have that purpose, whatever that purpose is, it's going to be different for everyone. I got chills the first time you told me that story and I got it again. So thank you so much for being open and sharing that with us. You brought up one thing very important, Robin, is one question I ask all my guests at the end of my podcast is if you were gone today, mm. how in a few words you want to be remembered by your loved ones, your close relatives, or your close friends. And I think that's the great point you brought up is, is how your father was remembered, right? Yeah. Is we're on this earth for such a short period of time. Reality is you blink your finger and you're gone. A loved one's gone. And there's two points I want to bring with that with this is one, you should live your life in a way that you are gone tomorrow. And how did you want to be remembered by people? So whether it's being kind, whether it's like, I asked that question and one guest actually asked me, he turned around and said, hey, so what's your purpose? Like, how do you want to remember it? And it was just it, the first thing I said, and to be honest, even though I asked, I never put thought into it in my own mind and how I thought about it and how I reacted to it was, I want to be known as that guy that had your back. I want to be known as that guy to my close friends and be like, you know what? In times of shit, not good times, but in bad times, he was the guy that would give me a call. And I do that all the time. Like I, I go through my Rolodex and I try to even like once every three, four weeks, whether it's through social media, 
give everybody a call. Hey, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, just reach out to people, talk to people, show them you're there, you care about them. I think that's it's such a valuable thing. And another thing you brought up as well is with purposes. I absolutely, absolutely hate when I hear individuals say, oh, I lost my father, I lost my mother, I lost a loved one. I wish I did this. I wish I did yeah. that. Yeah. Do that when they're alive. Absolutely. I'm 43 guys and I call my mom every morning when I wake up and I call my mom to say goodnight every night. Do it when they're alive. My parents live in Toronto. I'll go down and have a coffee with them once, twice a week. Just spend the time and appreciate when people are here because we, like I said, we're on this earth for such a short period. Don't live with regrets like that. And then it's like, you have it after and it's like, God, I wish I did this. I wish I do it when they're alive. And that's if they, if they take anything out of this podcast, take, I hope they take that from it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. That's great advice for, for anyone. You've been in business for a long time. And I don't even know how, how long you've been working, doing what you're doing. But if you were to look back right now and you were starting over again, is there something that you would tell your younger self now that you have a lot of this experience under your belt? I try not to live with regrets, right? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, like anything with businesses, there's certain things you would alter or pivot or change. But when you look at them, they're also learning experiences, right? I've had two businesses where I've had partners and I've had poor experiences with it. And then I've sat back and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Something part of me said I shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, there were learning experiences. Right. So for me to go back and say, uh, would, I, would I change this? Would I change that? I think I would have gotten to real estate a lot younger. I think real estate is a key for anybody's portfolio. It doesn't matter what entrepreneur you are, what business you are, what industry you are, things change, things evolve, and things are unpredictable, the pandemic. So a lot of people that have established businesses, they're doing so well, the pandemic has changed a lot of that, right? Or forced you to alter your path. So I'm a strong believer in having passive income, and I'm a strong believer in having set real estate, set property, set stuff that the value is always there, right? So I started, like I said, because of my son, I started into the real estate 10 years ago almost. I had really flown with that. We do have some commercial property, massage and stuff like that. So I've flown with that. But with that aspect, I would have started a lot younger. And now knowing what I know now at the price of real estate, what it was 15, <laughs> 20 years ago to what it was now. But if you're giving me one advice, I would be focusing on more real estate as an investment and look at other uh, hard assets as investments, right? You've talked a little bit at the very beginning of the, of the podcast, and even before we actually started the podcast, that one of the things you're really working on now is really building your own brand, like essentially branding yourself. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How you've done it, what the challenges have been and, and where you think you're, you're headed in the future? When I started this journey, and there's a little side to it as well, is the whole personal branding through social media, through marketing, through it is in general, it's, it's a different world altogether. It's a very competitive market. It's very hard to get people's attention. I'm learning that very quickly. And nowadays there's so many people on Instagram. There's so many people on social media. It's not what it was maybe five, six years ago where you'd post a really cool looking picture and people would like it and follow you. Now you got to constantly be giving something to people. You got to be constantly giving content. You got to be giving lessons. You have to give value for that person's attention. So that whole market where it was five, six years ago, I'd post a cool picture and everybody would like me. It's changed where now I'm constantly making videos. I'm constantly teaching lessons. I'm constantly trying to give you something for you to keep engaged in my social feed. That's a different world altogether. It's very time consuming. And the whole personal branding aspect is needed for my next venture. And I guess I'll get into that. For the last three years, 
I've had quite a few young entrepreneurs come to me and say, Hey Jeff, you've done well. Can you help us out? And I've never charged anything. I've taken well over 60 entrepreneurs, maybe even more over the last three years. And I've helped them with business plans, with trademarks, with websites, advice. A few of them I've kept on as a mentor and I work with them on a regular basis. And since I've started the podcast, which is started in May, I never expected a podcast to erupt this way. And it, and it has exploded a lot, a lot faster than I ever expected. And I'm getting a lot of requests for guests to be on. And when I do get these guests to come on, and this is how it all pivoted to my next venture of business. But when I got these guests on, all of a sudden I would have these entrepreneurs that have these great coaching businesses and they have these massive followings. And then after an hour of our conversation, they're reaching out to me a week later, like, Hey, Jeff, can you help me with my business? And I'm getting that. I've actually taken on four of them now as clients and on paper, on social media, these guys are pros, but I've realized that over the last 24 years of myself as an entrepreneur and owning gyms and having so much different ventures, how I've learned, how I've grown, I know a lot more than I probably realized. So it's now the next step in my career is business coaching and, and helping giving back. But I want to focus on one targeted area. And that's my goal is I find a lot of entrepreneurs and fathers don't have that balance. So my goal is actually help other entrepreneurs to find a balance in their families and their relationships with their wives and their kids. At the same time to help elevate their business and help them understanding schedules and understanding all that stuff. So that's my next venture. But then in order to be able to spread that in the masses, you have to brand yourself. Right. And that's the next venture. And, and I'll actually have a book coming out in January. And a lot of things are in the pipeline right now happening with myself. But that is my next venture is, is the business coaching and also focusing on fathers as entrepreneurs and all that stuff. That's exciting stuff. And obviously, you have your own story that you told earlier is obviously a powerful one that I'm sure has guided you down this path. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's great. Jeff, you've shared a whole lot of information with us today. I just love having conversations with people like yourself because it inspires me to be a better version of myself. You know, you're talking about a book, you're talking about mentoring people, you're talking about other ventures that you're getting into. So really exciting to talk to you today. I guess just to close out the interview, at the end of the day, how do you define success? Freedom. Mm. It's freedom, right? How do you just describe wealth as freedom, right? You're your success means absolutely nothing if you can't enjoy it and you can't see your kids grow up and enjoy the freedom. And I put a, a post the other day with a stat where 80% of the time you spend with your kids is before the age of 18. And that is my biggest struggle is I see a lot of entrepreneurs put so many hours towards building a business. And before they realize their kids are in high school, their kids are 16, 17, they're off to college, and they never were able to enjoy that time with them. And then they're reconnecting with them later on when they're adults and they have families. So it's making entrepreneurs find the value of spending time with their family, right? And you could have a balance and, and showing them that you could have a balance between family life and being very successful. So how do I define success is freedom. Success is being able to wake up every day, do what you love, find your passion, do what you love, and being able to have the freedom to do what you love, spend your time with your families, do your hobbies, do your jujitsu. So that's the balance. Success is finding the balance and being able to do everything you love every single day. Yeah, I'll close out with this. You talked about earlier uh, waking up at 4.30 and that being part of the key to your success. And part of that success is spending time with your family. Well, one other very successful person I know, Kyle Dennis. Shout out to Kyle Dennis. 
is up at 4.30 routinely as well. So maybe there's something there. Maybe I'll have to set the alarm a little bit earlier. So (laughs) Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been an awesome interview. I know this won't be the last time you and I chat because we're connected now and I love chatting with people like you. So I'm, I'm so glad you're in our network now. And I really appreciate you sharing your story as well. What's the best way for people to reach out or find you if they have questions about you or your companies or even your journey? Because it sounds very interesting. You can follow our podcast. It's the Jeff Nozing Podcast. And the easiest way through social media is you can DM me or reach me out right through Instagram at, at Jeff Lopes and uh, J-E-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. Appreciate oh. this, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank it's you. great. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Like always, I learned something new. And like I said, I'm, I'm so glad Jeff and I are connected now. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, folks. And remember, it all starts with one. Mm-hmm.